Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Confessions of a Negative Pastor. My name is Pastor Mike, lead pastor of Fervent Church, and we're continuing doing this thing, man. We're working on our negativity. I am working on my negativity. I am getting healing. I'm being restored. Um, I'm working this out with you, and hopefully I'm inspiring you to do the same. And hopefully last week we talked about like dealing with the negative words that were placed over our lives, because what we need to do is we need to work on the negativity over us, so that we can work through the negativity in us and then get rid of the negativity that flows through us because this world needs some hope. This world needs some positivity. This world needs Jesus and the light of the world that could shine through you. And so we need to deal with this. This is an imperative, not just for Fervent Church, but for the, for the church at large, okay? This is something that we all need to gravitate towards because in order for us to really make an impact, to, in order for us to have influence, we have to deal with the negativity that's inside of each and every one of us. So maybe you're doing a great job just like myself and you're like, you're catching yourself. I'm catching myself not saying negative things. I'm catching myself um, not allowing those negative words to, to affect my decision making. But there's still an internal dialogue and that's where we're gonna push it today. We're gonna push it with that internal, what is the internal dialogue happening inside of you? Because uh, maybe you're doing well and just, okay, you're being slow to speak and you're, you're, you're watching your tongue and all that stuff is great and awesome. Keep going, however, Job's not done yet. There's some internal stuff happening. Why? Because there is a, a dual nature to us, right? If, if we're all honest, like there is a dual nature. There's a, there's a part of us that like we could, we, we know the words to say. In the last 20 years of ministry, I developed this thing where it's like I could say the right words, but internally I could have a completely different conversation, right? Um, and the Bible talks about this, about in John, James chapter one, it says that if he lacks wisdom, let, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is, a, is like a wave of the sea that is driven tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So you see that this duality leads us to instability. Okay, that, that having two versions of ourselves, like we, what we need to do is we need to work on becoming whole. We need to work on becoming one person. Okay, and so, so this is what this is the plan. In doing this inner work stuff, what we want to do is we want to remove the duality of our nature in order to achieve health and wholeness. Write that down. We want to remove the duality of our human nature in order to achieve this health and wholeness. Let me remind you, folks, this isn't, I know the title is Confessions of a Negative Pastor, but this is more than just a sermon on negativity. This is, a, this is a message that's helping you get to freedom and wholeness in your life. This is, this is what this is really about. This isn't about negativity. This is about what the, 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 the goal of your soul is freedom and wholeness. Don't you want to be free? Don't you want to be whole? I know I do, right? And so don't get confused with the title of the series that that is the motive, that is the goal, that is the, the where we're going, that is the, the target of this series is health and wholeness of the soul. And so in that, what we have to start doing in order to break free from that, we have to have these personal internal alignments. We have to practice internal alignments, getting those two versions of ourselves as one. What do I mean by that? Because again, you could have positive words, but still have negative thoughts. But you can't have negative thoughts and have a positive life, okay? And so you ever watch those people like they have positive words, but they're still 
they're, they're still not, not, not a positive person, okay? That's because they're just, all they're doing is just behavior modifying, right? So again, remember I said I sometimes have two different conversations, right? The words that are coming out of my mouth and the words that are going on in his brain, right? Let me give you the Microsoft Translator 5000, all right? When I say things like, I'm hungry, let me help you out. That when your boy's hungry, if, you, if I'm saying I'm hungry, here's the truth, I'm always hungry. So if I'm saying I'm hungry, if the words are coming out of my mouth, I'm hungry, I'm raging hungry. Come on, come on. Can I, can I, can I get a, some testimonies in the chat right now if you feel me, right? If, I'm, if, I'm, if I say, oh, man, I'm hungry, I'm raging hungry. I'm just being very polite, like raging hungry right now, right? If I start off a sentence and saying, hey, um, especially in a pastoral arena, if I go, uh, I, I may be wrong, but... Just know internally, I go, I know darn well I'm right. In my head, I'm going, I know darn well I'm right. This is the Microsoft Translator 5000, all right? Like, this, this, I know I'm right, all right? But I'm going to lace it with false humility because that's what I'm supposed to do. Say, I may be wrong, but this is what I feel. Just know I, I know darn well I'm right, all right? Too honest? Another thing that I say is, like, if I, if I start off a sentence going, hey, man, um, can, I, can I be honest with you? Um, just know this. Number one, like I, I don't, I don't lie to you on a regular. Um, I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. To be honest, when I start off the sentence asking you the question, "Can I be honest with you?" It's not even a request. It's a warning that I'm going to be honest with you anyway. It's Microsoft Translator 5000. Okay, so you you pick up what I'm laying down. Like there are times where what's happening externally isn't a direct reflection of what's happening internally. And so what we need to get to in our lives is to bring those two things together, to practice having those internal alignments inside of ourselves, to work it out. So you might, all right, you identify those negative words over you, but now let's, let's de-gut, let's, let's gut out all the negativity that's inside of us. And this is something, folks, that has affected humanity since the very beginning. In the Bible, in Genesis chapter 4, the story of um, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's, you know, um, oldest Cain. And the Bible talks about how they both presented an offering to the Lord and, and God looked with favor or regarded Abel's offering, but did not regard Cain's offering. And we pick it up in chapter 4 and, and it says it this way. And Abel also brought off, brought off the firstborn uh, of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offerings, but the but verse 5, but, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry. Here we see negativity. Negativity get inside of him, right? And there are times where, who knows, you know, we don't see in Scripture the dialogue. We don't see what Abel said. We don't see what, what maybe, you know, um, Adam and Eve were, you know, mentioned, oh, you know, they, they, they mentioned a throwaway statement that, that really negatively affected Cain, and, and it left this root of negative bitterness inside. But, but nonetheless, here in this moment, so Cain got very angry and his face fell. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? He says, okay, hey, before this gets out of hand, God kind of gave him a warning. Before this gets out of hand, just let's, let's take responsibility right now. Don't, don't allow the negativity to lie to you because that's what negativity does. It lies to you. Remember, negativity exaggerates. 
before it does that, just let's, let's take responsibilities. Take a couple steps. Let's take a beat. And then God asks us, if you do not, if you do well, sin, if you do not do well, sin is crouching at your door. It's crouching at your door. It's knocking. And if you do, and if you do, and, and, and sin is crouching at your door and its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. You must rule over it. We see in this story, Cain saw something that maybe wasn't even there. Because it wasn't that God was rejecting Cain. It was just that God was looking on, with favor on Abel's offering. You might have heard this phrase before, but, but this is going to light our conversation this morning. It's like, we, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So remember, if negativity... We define negativity in this series that is negativity is a reflection of inner defeat. You're going to see everything um, through the eyes of defeat. In other words, write it down this way. The inner defeat can never see external victory. Let me say that again. Inner defeat can never see external victory. All right. So then God gives him this warning. He says, hey, sin is knocking at your door. The warning is, hey, don't let it in. Don't let negativity in. Don't let it in. Because if it, could, if, it could, if it could get its roots in you, if it could start making decisions, if it could get behind the driver's seat, if, if, it, could, if it could sow the right thoughts, it could destroy your whole entire life. And guess what, folks? He didn't recover from this. Because some of you know the story. What happened? Cain murdered his brother Abel and then was rebuked by God. He didn't recover from this. So again, this message is more, is more about your freedom and wholeness than it is about negativity, but we have to deal with the negativity. And here we see that he, not only does negativity, negativity leads you to isolation and then the results of it is isolation. Can I say that again? Negativity leads you to isolation and then the result of it is more isolation. So, so rather than Cain just processing this, not letting negativity come in, talking to his parents, talking to his brother, talking to God, he isolated himself. He, he caught, he, he, you know, entrapped Abel to kill and murder his own brother and then was cast out even further out of the family and isolated even further. Proverbs 18.21 says this, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire, okay? So negativity isolates itself. And then when you're, once you're isolated, oh, can y'all please get this? Once you're isolated, then you're left by yourself. And then you're left to live for yourself. And the negativity becomes the breeding ground of selfishness. It becomes the breeding ground of selfishness. And so we have to do this inner work because I've seen this happen so many times, especially during this quarantine, that people are isolated. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that in this time, of course, of history, that we are, we are the most technically connected, yet the, at the same exact time, we feel the most alone. We feel the most alone. Why? It's because of social isolation. You could have social distancing without social isolation. And negativity continues to sever that, continues to put the wedge between us and other people when we need other people in order to work on this internal alignment thing that we're discussing. We need people to work on the insides. Do you know this? 
You need to, to process this. You need to, to, to confess to someone else. You need, you need, and it's not just alone, you know, like, well, it's just me and God. Even God himself said it is not good for a man to physically be alone, okay? It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough, and God knew that, and God's offering us this community called Fervent Church. He's offering your friends around you so that you could attain freedom. Use it. Use it. And so that isolation leads us to a place of even more isolation. And so let's recognize that. Let's pull that back. Let's not be like Cain. Let's not let it come in and let's deal with it so that we could have this inner healing, okay? Because we can't claim victory without healing. I know I've probably said this before, but I'm hoping that you attached it to this series so you get this. So write that down. You cannot claim victory without healing. If you are a follower, a believer of God, maybe today's the first day you're believing God. I don't care how long you've been believing God. If you're a follower, we have the right in Jesus to claim victory. However, we have to do the work of healing because we can't claim victory without healing. You're, you will always be the victim without healing. So do the work of healing, okay? And it's hard for the victim to take responsibility. What if Cain just took responsibility? You know what? I did drop the ball on that offering. Or take the responsibility of saying, celebrating his brother's favor at that time. Maybe it was just simply that. Maybe that was just simply the answer. We kind of overlooked that. We think, well, did, did, did Cain, it's not that Cain didn't bring anything. Cain brought something to God. It, it, it just says that God just had high regard for Abel's offering. And so what if he just celebrated the fact that, wow, good on you, Abel. Good on him. My little brother did something great today. What if he just did that? That would have avoided the murder of his brother, right? And so we have to deal with this inner healing stuff. And, and not to derail our conversation, but I just kind of feel like in my spirit that I want to talk about this, is that sometimes when, uh, in some conversations that I've had this week, when we're talking about dealing with the negativity, um, trying to be more positive, people who have experienced trauma, and I'm putting myself in that category, sometimes you feel as though I'm asking you, whenever somebody's trying to be positive, trying to be, you're asking you to denounce the trauma that you've been through or to deny the pain that you're, you've experienced or you're experiencing in, in your life in regards to whatever trauma. Um, let me be thoroughly clear with this. I'm not asking you to do that. In fact, you don't need to do that. I don't think God's asking you to do that. I am not trying to downplay your trauma. I'm trying to upplay the cross. Can I say that again? I am not trying to downplay your trauma. I'm trying to upplay the cross because I do not believe that your, your trauma is real, your pain is real, but so is the cross. And we have to, we have to believe in this, in this faith of ours that the cross conquers all. We have to believe that Jesus is bigger than our pain. We have to believe that Jesus can heal. We have to believe that Jesus can restore it. If not, then just stop listening to this message because this is not going to be a party of pity. This is not going to be a pity party. This is going to be a victorious party at the end. We will overcome. 
We will overcome, and that's the promise, all right? So that's not denouncing it. Again, I've been through trauma as well. But in that, I have to take responsibility of my own healing because I know that this is not the, the, this is not the life that God designed me to live if I'm just wallowing in the trauma. I don't mean to sound insensitive, but we have to, we have to hit that we have to nail that down, all right? Some of you, you're paralyzed by your insecurities. You're paralyzed by your past events, and you're not defined by those moments, okay? If you, we, we, let's denounce that. Let's denounce the fact that you're defined by those moments. Not denouncing the trauma, but denounce the fact that you're defined by that moment because you are more than that moment. You are whatever God wants you to be, okay? You are whatever God wants you to be. So make sure that we're doing this inner work, okay? So let's identify the negativity um, that's in us, okay? I, wanna, I, I got five uh, parts of us that we need to identify the negativity um, with some scripture along with it. Rapid fire, hoping you're getting this, hoping this is good stuff. I know this ain't the, the, the feel-good motivational thing, but this is the work. This is the work of the healing. This is the rehab, um, and we're doing this thing called together. So put on a smile, take some notes, and let's do this. Number one, identifying the negativity in you. Number one, an uncorrectable spirit. An uncorrectable spirit. Identify that, okay? So you did good. You're, 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 not, you're not saying negative things anymore. Can you identify that uncorrectable spirit that's still inside of you? You do not like taking correction. You want to stay right where you are. You want to be immovable. You always have to be right. Just know that that's negativity in you, okay? Proverbs 13.1 says this, A wise son hears his father's instructions, but a scoffer, a critic does not listen to rebuke, okay? Another proverb says it this way, Proverbs 15, 32, those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Switch it. The goal is not to be right all the time. Negative people always have to be right all the time. The goal is not to be right the goal is to grow, okay? The goal is to grow. That is a, that, that is a shift. That is, that is the game changer. Because if you always have to be right, if you always have to be in control, like usually those people um, are negative people that have been hurt and damaged and they're just trying to protect themselves from feeling and experiencing the things that they've experienced in the past. So we reject everything. Right? We, we isolate ourselves. Again, there's that word isolation again. We isolate ourselves again, and we have this uncorrectable spirit. No one can check you. Okay? No one could, could, could say, hey, have you thought about another thing? Have, no one could give you any other consideration. You always have to be right, and you always have to be in control. Let's identify that as that that is the negativity that dwells inside of us. And yes, I said us, because the more I recognize those moments where if I'm in the room and I'm always got to be the one that's right, and, and I, I not only hinder my own growth, I'm hindering the growth of the people that I love. I'm hindering the growth of my team. I'm hindering the growth of our church. That's why I said that. Like, again, listen what this verse says. It says, it says that, this, that, that those who disregard discipline despise themselves, right? So you, 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 you're hating on yourself. You're hating on the people around you when you live this life where no one can challenge you, no one can correct you, no one can bring you the truth. 
sometimes negative people, we, we, we'll, we'll sometimes, and I'm putting myself on this, sometimes we'll, we, I used to create environments where people are afraid to say things to me. It's a, it's a culture of intimidation. Am I talking to anybody out there? A culture of intimidation. Let's recognize that that's negativity in us. Number one, there's a, an uncorrectable spirit. Number two, there's a critical eye. So there's an uncorrectable spirit, and now we have a critical eye. We're going to work away from the top down. So uh, this, this critical eye where, where everything we see, we have to criticize. You know, if you're that person where, you know, person walks in, and, and, and sorry if this is you, but I'm just, let's be honest, let's, let's do the work, you know, and you're criticizing everything that person's wearing, right, from top to bottom, judging that person. Oh, I can't believe they're wearing this and they're that. Oh, where they get those shoes and whatever, whatever. And you're tearing that person down in your, in your head, you know. Um, and that's, that's, not, that's not just a lady thing. That's an everything thing. I remember, again, growing up, we used to always just clown each other, you know, in the staircases. And I just remember I, w- I was locked and loaded. Whenever someone came into the room, I had these preloaded jokes already in my head, just ready to go when they walked into the room, just in case they started mouthing off and, and showing off and doing something. So, so I was ready and I looked quick and witty and everything like that. I was locked and loaded, right? I, call, I walked in with that critical eye. I was ready. And so that's just recognizes that's negativity inside of us because what we're doing is that when we're looking at other people with a critical eye, it's a reflection of our inner defeat, right? Because we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are, right? And so if I'm defeated, I want you to be pre-defeated before we ever get into a battle. So I'm coming in already attacking with my eyes, okay? Romans 2 says this, talking about, you know, this is Paul you know, talking to the, to the Roman church and he's talking to them about their judgment and about the, the, the judgment of God. And he says, for, therefore, you have no excuse, O man. Every one of you who judges for in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. It's funny how most of us with a critical eye, we're critica- criticizing people with the same issues that we have, but we're just oblivious to it, all right? And so that's that, that we condemn ourselves when we cast that kind of judgment. We condemn ourselves when we cast that kind of judgment. And so our, 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 our critical eye is a reflection of our inner defeat. Our critical eye is a reflection of our inner defeat. And so there's a difference though, because some of you are like, well then, okay, like I'm a person though that likes to make things better. And that's me, that was, that was my justification with my critical eye. I like to make things better. I like to look at something and go, how can we improve this? How can we modify this? How can we move this forward? I get it and I understand it, but here's the difference. There's a difference between being critical and being concerned, okay? Being concerned is rooted in activated compassion, right? Activated compassion meaning that like I want to, I don't want to just tell someone that they need to fix it. I want to help them fix it. I want to be a part of the solution and I don't need to take the credit. Where criticism, you don't care about you know, fixing it. You don't care about anything. All you care about is pointing it out. It, that, it has a ref- that's rooted in inside defeat, where concerns are rooted in internal compassion and activated compassion more than anything else. One of my favorite parts of the Bible is that Jesus, the Bible said that Jesus saw this multitude, and the Bible says that his heart was filled with compassion. For us to see people and to be filled with compassion. When you do the inner work and the inner healing, when you get rid of the duality inside of yourself, you start, instead of looking at people with a critical eye, you start seeing people with eyes of compassion, eyes of empathy, eyes of sympathy. And that is what this world really needs us to have. 
eyes that see with eyes, eyes of compassion, not critical eyes. So number one, an uncorrectable spirit. Number two, a critical eye. Number three, a dull ear. A dull ear. What do I mean by that? Hebrews 5, when it's to talk about apostasy, people leaving uh, the faith and religious practice. And, and Paul says it this way. He says, and this we have much to say, and it's hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Somehow, some way, they got arrogant, they got negative, and they just started rejecting teachers, and they started thinking of themselves higher than they ought to, and they started having dull ears. It's a dull of hearing. They didn't want to hear it anymore, right? And this is a lot different than just being uncorrectable. This is like you're not, you're, you're not, you're, you're completely unaware. Because remember, negativity leads to isolation, and sometimes if you're so isolated, you're completely unaware of what people are saying. You're not catching it. You're not catching a spirit of freedom anymore. You're not catching truth anymore. You're not catching what God is doing anymore. Dull ears. You know there's negativity working inside of you. It's like if, like, if you, you're just right now, you're going through the routine, right? You, you watch the sermons every single Sunday, but it's still not, not getting in. You're not applying it. It's not affecting you anymore. And, and I'm not blame shifting i'm not doing anything but like because i've been there too like sitting under a teacher and after a while your ears just get dull and it usually it's a root it's rooted in our negativity because i i become critical i become uncorrectable and then it created these dull ears these dull ears that i just stopped listening stop receiving stop growing and i need to kind of this is what paul says hey you need to go back to the basics go back to the basics and listen to the simple things in life so that these ears could waken up to wake up and start hearing the truth all over again. These dull ears. When was the last time you heard a message? When was the last time you read the word? When was the last time you read a devotional and walked away inspired, changed, invigorated, energized? Maybe you have a dull ear. And maybe that dull ear is a result of the negativity that lives inside of us. The negativity that just says, you know what? This is stupid. This is dumb. I've done this before, been there, done that. I'm experienced. I don't need this anymore. Deal with the negativity inside of you, a dull ear. So we go from an uncorrectable spirit, a critical eye, a dull ear. Number four, a gossiping mouth. A gossiping mouth. Oh, yes, folks, I'm going there today. A gossiping mouth. Proverbs 16, 28. A perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. Um, Gossip really, um, for me personally, and we've all, we all gossip, so let's put it out there. However, just notice that when you're a person that's just prone to a lot of gossip, just know that that is a huge tell of a lot of internal negativity happening inside of you. Um, here's what I know about gossip. I know sometimes we um, enjoy gossip because it makes us feel like um, we're informed. It makes us, it actually, you know, we've, we've conditioned ourselves to endear people to us with the information that we have. Um, gossip will, will sometimes, it's, it's sometimes fun, let's be honest. Um, however, just know this, it stirs up the conflict. It actually stirs up the negativity inside of you. And the problem is it allows so many things to coexist with negativity. It allows that duality to coexist. 
because you're talking about someone and not to someone. And most of the time, that issue, you're just spreading the bitterness rather than offering a remedy for the bitterness. Rather than leading towards freedom, you're leading towards destruction. Why? Because gossip separates close friends and it stirs up conflict. It doesn't stir up freedom. It doesn't stir up anything else. It just stirs up the negativity that's inside of us. So what do we need to do? Our conversations, our mouths, always need to point our hearts towards freedom and victory. Okay? And so when we're talking about someone, you might get it off your chest, but it's still living in your life. You might get it off your chest, but it's still living in your life. And more importantly, it's still in between you and that other person. Okay? And so that gossiping mouth is a direct revelation that you have some internal negativity happening inside of you. So let's own it and let's repent from it. Let's stop, stop with the gossip. Stop with the side chatter, right? Because that's internal defeat. Here's what I know. Um, ugh, I'm sorry, but this is the truth. When I'm most insecure is when I gossip the most. When I'm struggling most with insecurity is when I gossip the most. And if you can identify that, you'll know that, okay, that is a huge flag that needed to work with the negativity that's inside of me. All right? Y'all getting this? This is good. We're working down the body. So we have an uncorrectable spirit, a critical eye, a dull ear, a gossiping, a, a gossiping mouth, and lastly, a hard heart. A hard heart. I read Romans 2 earlier, but let me continue with Romans 2 and verse 5. It says this, but, but because of your hard and impenitent heart, you are strong, you're storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's judgment will be revealed. This hard heart, you just stores up wrath. Um, that hard heart, um, I think somewhere down the line in our society, it became cool not to care. It became cool not to care. Like, I don't care. You know, I'm just, you know, especially, you know, some of, some of my, my guys, you know, uh, some of us men, and I'm including myself in that. I used to be like, I don't, I don't care. You know, I'm not, I'm not an emotional person. Um, let me help you out. Um, not being emotional is still being emotional. Anger is still an emotion. I'm not an emotional person. Uh, yeah, you are. We're all emotional creatures. You cannot sever yourself from being an emotional person. We're all emotional people. But then what negativity will do is it have you harden your heart and it actually say, well, it's actually cooler, it's better, it's stronger to pretend like you don't care. It's stronger to, to pretend like you have this hard heart and you think it's cool to be mean and it's, and, and it's, and it's cool to be rough and it's cool to be straightforward and it's cool to, to not care. Um, gosh, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Um, and to deal with that. And, and, and I've never, ever, ever, ever met anyone on their deathbed um, regret caring too much. I just never have. And so if, if you are in this place in your life right now where you're just like, you're, you've, you've tried to train yourself not to care. And I get it because maybe it all started because like you've had some trauma, you've had some pain. And it's like, yo, I have to teach myself not to care because this is my, this is my, this is my coping mechanism. This is my, this is my survival is in not caring. I, I get that temptation. But just know this. If you block out all pain, you also block out all pleasure. And that hard heart, you're still storing up emotions. And it's just all the bad emotions. And you're just keeping all the bad emotions in and not letting any good emotions come in. And so 
you're going to blow up. I've blown up so many times. And honestly, my biggest regrets are, aren't the mistakes I've made, but the times that I've blown up. Blown up because I bottled things in and I said things I regretted. Maybe you could empathize. Maybe, maybe you, could, you, you, you have the same story. Um, you have to deal with the negativity in us, okay? So some of this stuff's resonating. So what do, you, what do I do now, Pastor Mike? Um, it, it, and I'll be honest with you, I'm going to say the most unholy thing ever. Um, you got to do more than just pray. You got to pray, um, but you got to do more than just pray. Um, that you have to process this, that you have to find safe places, godly men and women who love you and love Jesus and process this stuff out loud in community, okay? Um, so I said, like I said, don't be negative. Don't have a negative spirit, but we need to still talk about the problems. So deal with these things. Deal with the fact that it's come to say, I have a hard heart, and I, and I, and I want to get rid of it. I want to start caring for this. I want to start caring for that. You know what? I've had dull ears. I've stopped listening for a while. I have an uncorrectable spirit. I, I, somebody, please check me. Like, start putting yourself out there and doing this inner work, doing this inner healing um, so that you could live, again, whole and healthy lives. Whole and healthy lives. That is the God-designed life for you. I promise you that. So don't just pray. Live in community. Do the work. Pray, live in community, and do the work. You can do this. Let's keep, let's keep going forward, man. I'm excited. I believe. I believe. I believe together um, we're going to get this thing, this thing right, and we're going to find health beyond measure, and we're going to be able to help other people find it as well. It's going to be exciting.